Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. Your host, as always, is Fred. Our desire is to encourage, exhort, and educate on biblical prayer through this podcast. The mission of the podcast is to help everyone God allows us to help achieve a growing, biblical, dynamic, and satisfying prayer life. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can reach us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com. If you would like, you can make a positive review wherever you get your podcast. That would be appreciated. Welcome to today's episode of Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Fred, and I'm the host of the podcast. Today, we're going to look at a devotional. It'll be a short devotional on one of the names of God, specifically the Holy Spirit, the God of all comfort, our comforter. As we begin, though, I did want to mention I am really sorry for falling behind. What I've decided to do is to keep the pattern going, one main teaching right now where Jesus teaches prayer, and then a reminder a review, and then one of our special sessions, either an In Others Words or Devotion. Today's going to be Devotional 52, and we'll keep that pattern until I catch up. I hope that's okay. Right now, life is kind of crazy. There's some health things going on and just other things as well, but I want to keep that pattern, and I want to catch up so that I'm getting them out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I know we can do that, get it done, but it may take a couple weeks to catch up if everything goes the way I'm hoping everything will go. But we do have to keep God's providence in mind, don't we? We serve a loving God who is in control and taking care of things for us. He's the source of everything that we need. And this life can be a lonely sojourn, but we do have to remember who our God is and his promises and trust. Trust that I'll catch up with this one of these weeks. One of the things we are not promised by our blessed Redeemer is a wonderful, comfortable, completely stress-free and sorrow-free life. Not even his believers, not even children of God get that. We're not supposed to have that. So don't listen to anybody who says that we are, because we're not. And in fact, in Matthew 5, 10 through 12, remember he said, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men cast insults at you, and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely, on account of me. Rejoice, and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Praying for our enemies would be of no point if they didn't persecute us and hurt us. So we know that's coming as well, because he says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Jesus talks about fasting, and fasting implies some sorrow or some great desire that is so strong that we stop our regular routine to take care in prayer over the matter. So we pray and fast, which implies we're going to fast. And in fact, Jesus doesn't say if you fast, but when you fast. Those times are coming in our lives. And then we have 1 Timothy 
chapter 1 and verse 12, might be, might be verse 3. But there he says, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's you and me. Someone made the point a long time ago that if our Savior is called a man of sorrows, it's not very realistic of us to anticipate that we're going to miss out on those sorrows, is it? Not really. You also may have heard he promised, Jesus promised, an abundant life. And sorrows aren't a part of an abundant life. But they are. Sorrows, sadness, trials bring us to the point where we know God better because we've experienced Him. We get glimpses of eternal life. We grow in our love and confidence in Him as well. And in fact, it's been my experience that we grow much more in times of sorrows than we do in times of great joys. It's probably been your experience as well. And whenever I start to formally disciple a person, I always begin with the life of Joseph because his life manifests this truth in perhaps the most powerful way outside of Christ than any other biblical character. Now, Joseph was a man. He was human. And because he was like us in that regard, no matter how strong he was, what kind of life, life of faith he had, I'm pretty sure that he didn't think he should be killed or put in a hole or sold into slavery by his brothers. Remember, that's what they planned to do, all three of those things, and ended up selling him into slavery. I'm pretty sure he thought he didn't think that he should be attacked by Potiphar's wife, propositioned by her. And I'm very sure that he didn't think he should be put in prison for doing the right thing in that instance. And he probably, and I'm saying this with my tongue in my cheek, of course, he probably didn't think that he should be left in jail after the cupbearer, who promised to remember him, didn't. And he was left in jail for two more years. He probably didn't think that that was a good idea either. But there he was. And even though Joseph was stronger than I am, and he was much more faithful in his life than I've ever been to his holy God, and he worked very hard at fulfilling God's expectation for his children, there had to be minutes or hours, probably and, and days of total despair for Joseph. Because you remember when you talk about abundant life, he had been promised early on that he was going to be the leader of his family, wasn't he? Didn't he get those promises? He did, and now he finds himself in a dungeon. Some of the time, it says in the Psalms, that he was bound with chains as well. Not the place that I can imagine he ever imagined that he would rise from there to lead his family. But our focus today is not on our sorrows or our troubles, but on our comforter. 2 Corinthians 2.1 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, and God of all comfort. He is that because we need that. And in trials, as Jesus is leaving his stunned and sad disciples, he tells them this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him, 
but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Now that word helper, another helper, means Jesus is sending another helper of the same kind like Jesus. So he's sending the Holy Spirit, who is part of the Trinity, who is God. But even more than that, we know that words have shades of meaning. And if I told you that the baseball player scampered to second base, you can picture one thing in your mind. And if I told you that he lumbered to second base, you have a different picture in your mind. And the word ran, so if I said he ran to second base, it could contain both of those shades, couldn't it? And this word helper actually has a very distinct shade of comforter. So he comes alongside and he helps and he comforts, the Holy Spirit does. So we can focus on and we can praise God for being the God of all comfort and being our comforter. That's our focus for the next few days. God, our comforter. Prayerfully, this finds you, this podcast finds you in a place of contentment and not sorrow or despair. But if you're not now, you will be someday. I hate to break it to you. We're really not promised health and wealth and prosperity all the time. Don't believe it. Your soul, our souls, is what God really cares about. And very often we tend to think of saints in the Bible as something more than us, something cut out of a different cloth. And in some ways they are, but that's only true in that God has chosen them for a different work. And he's fitted them for the work they're called to do. But it's wrong to think that Joseph never struggled and he never had sorrows. He did. And I'm convinced that part of his faithfulness came from his trust in his Savior, in his God. Now, if we are tempted to think of Joseph and his faithfulness, pointing to the fact that he didn't have sorrows or struggle with sadness, he was a man of great faith after all, but he also endured great trial, great trials. And God takes us typically, if we are going into a deep trial, he takes us down step by step and he brings us out step by step. One of the steps in Joseph's life as he's coming out of his trial for good is that he was given a wife. In Genesis 41, for 45, we read this. Then the Pharaoh named Joseph Zaphonath Peiah. I think it's how you pronounce that. And he gave him Azanath, the daughter of Potiphera, I think that's how you say that, a priest of On as his wife. And Joseph went forth over the land and did his job. He did what the Pharaoh asked him to do, which was Joseph's idea. But again, if you think he didn't suffer, in verse 51 of the same chapter, it says Joseph had his first son. And it reads this way And Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh. For, he said, that's Joseph, God made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. And then verse 52, and he named his second son Ephraim. For, he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. So Joseph did feel like we felt, or like we have felt. He did feel sorrows. And so he did suffer, and that needed to be forgotten. He did have troubles, his family, that needed to be forgotten. He had great and deep distresses. But now he had his family, 
and he was able to rejoice in his family and in and in his forgetting and in the fruit the success in the land of his affliction but the greatest comfort comes as we see joseph and one of the most powerful verses in all of scripture that's why you've heard it i'm pretty sure you've heard it from me before but genesis 50:20 jacob dies his brothers think now we are in trouble Joseph has only been being nice to us because dad was alive, and now dad is gone. So they go to him, and they apologize again, and they ask that he doesn't punish them for their sins. And Joseph responds this way, And as for you, you meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. Verse 21, So therefore do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And then he says this, So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So completely healed was Joseph from his former sorrows and former troubles. So comforted was he by God's grace and God's plan that he was able to say, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What a glorious God we have that takes evil intentions and through them preserves us all. And maybe the hardest for us to believe is he spoke kindly to them and comforted them. Talk about doing good for your enemies. But even before Joseph was reunited with his earthly father, Jacob, we see through his sons how the God of all comfort and the Holy Spirit, who was surely within Joseph, even though we're never told that, we see how they worked. Joseph was aware of God's working in his life in every aspect. And he gave credit to God, even about the dreams, right? Didn't he tell the Pharaoh? It's not me, but God. But I'll, I'll give you the answer, but it really comes from God. He gave God credit for Manathus, and he was able to forget his afflictions and his enemies, his family in this case. And in Ephraim, he remembered the abundant blessings of success. But do you think he really forgot his brothers, his family? I don't think so. But at this point, and this is before he gets reunited with Jacob, even at the birth of his sons, Joseph realizes. God's blessings, and he does not consider any more those afflictions. He couldn't have forgotten them. That's really not possible. But he doesn't consider the afflictions anymore, and he doesn't consider his enemies anymore. Those are in the past. And in the end, in the end after it was all said and done, he gave a breathtaking praise to the providence of God. It doesn't matter what you, that's what he said to his brothers, it doesn't matter what you said or your motives, Joseph saw the beauty and wonder of God working out, not just in his life, but in the life of all his family, the working out of God's power and God's goodness. At any time, after the first time they came to Egypt, Joseph had the power to take revenge on his family and maybe spare Benjamin and Jacob but maybe not. He had the power to do that, but he didn't do that because he trusted in God. And I hope it's all right if we ponder together, you and I, 
what life would be like if we considered our trials as joy, if we looked not at our sorrows, but forgetting those things that lie behind and pressing on to the abundant life ahead of us, and truly seeing and trusting, entrusting ourselves to God's intended good in all things, and being motivated to forgive our enemies. That's what our Savior did, and that's really God's intention of working all those things together for His will, isn't it? To make us more like Christ. And even though we're not promised good stuff all the time, if nothing else, we can focus on the God of all comfort, our God, and the Comforter who lives in us, and experience the peace that the world can in no way attain. Our Savior, our King, our Father, is once again the God of all comfort, and the Holy Spirit, who is our pledge, and internally with us, all-knowing, our Comforter, the one who takes our deepest groanings and makes them into an effective prayer to the Father. We know that God. We have that comfort. We have Him indwelling us. Let's praise God and ponder Him for those things for the next few days. Thank you, Jesus, for this time, for these times, for your goodness and your mercies. Thank you for your providences. And even when things don't go the way we want them to go, Holy God, we trust in you. Help us to stop worry and to trust in you. Help us to read your word to us and remember you are the God of all comfort. Holy Spirit, help us to keep you in mind and remember that you are our helper, our comforter. Help us to yield to you so that we know your wonderful comfort. Give us a few days of meditation, Lord Jesus, in the fact that you are our all in all, and we look to you in this time, maybe even right now, of disease or unrest. Help us to take comfort in you, to seek your power from the inside out, so that we can be comforted, so that we cannot worry, so that we can be your lights in this world to help the people you have called around us. And we pray this, sweet Lord Jesus Christ, in your name, because we know it is your will. And we submit ourselves to our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be his name because you are the God of all comfort. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. And especially as we grow together in his peace through prayer. Thank you once again for listening to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. We have been reminded over the last several weeks how important community is. Community is how you young people say it these days. In Fred's day, they called it fellowship. Fred and I would like to extend once again the invitation to expand our prayer community. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or would just like to dialogue over prayer, please remember, you can contact the podcast at freerangepreacher at gmail.com, Facebook, Free Range Preacher Ministries, Instagram, Free Range Ministries, Twitter, at Preacher Range, and for any voiceover needs, I'm at richarddurrington.com or email me at durringtonr at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. We're eager to hear from you. For Fred and myself, be blessed.